Well, hey there, athletes. This is Kim Constable. Welcome to the Strong and Sculpted Podcast. The podcast by me, of course, the one and only Kim Constable, also known as the Sculpted Vegan, about all things strong and, of course, all things sculpted. And can you believe that I'm actually sitting in my new office recording this podcast? I know you guys have been with me on the journey. Well, if you have, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you will know the, um, the, the, the trials and tribulations I've had of the new office that I moved into. I recently moved into a new office because I, I always had an office from home and it was becoming really difficult to work at home with my housekeeper, with the kids, with all of that. And so um, I recently moved into a new office. However, whenever I recorded my first podcast and sent it through to Mark, my creative director, Mark, said to me, it sounds like you're sitting in the toilet. You need to re-record. And I was like, oh my God, because it takes so much out of me to record these podcasts. Well, it doesn't take a lot out of me, but I, I really give my heart and soul to them. So anyway, I found, um, I ordered loads of these, you know, like uh, real, these foam pads from Amazon. I had a guy come in and fit them today. Of course, we only had one packet arrive. He did one full wall, but even that full wall has made such a difference to the sound. So I'm sitting here in the evening in my office recording this podcast. It's so lovely. The light is dim. It's lovely lovely and, and padded. It feels so warm and cozy. And I really feel like I'm just here with you guys alone. I always feel whenever I'm recording these podcasts that I really am talking to you. Like I imagine you on the treadmill, on the Stairmaster, driving your car, you know, doing your chores at home with your earpod, with your AirPods and walking. I imagine each and every one of you listening to this. And I really feel so deeply connected to you. So I'm really excited to be here in my office. And I'm really excited to be talking about this subject today because it is something that comes up again and again. And I've really struggled with the name actually for this um, for this podcast today. But I got a little bit of inspiration today whenever I actually was in the bank having a meeting. And um, of course, everybody's always really curious whenever they hear whatever I do, what I do. You know, I'm setting up new, I'm actually transferring banks to a new bank to HSBC. And um, so, of course, they always want to know, and what is it you do? And what about this? And what is it you sell? And because my business is so unusual, like what I do is unusual. I'm a homeschooling 40-year-old vegan bodybuilder who has built a multi-million dollar empire online while homeschooling my young kids. So people are like, you're like the juxtaposition of who you are and what you do is just insane. And so they're always really interested and always asking loads of questions. And of course, then that always brings up other questions and always brings up, you know, they want to tell me their own struggles. And this one struggle, every time somebody asks me, what do you do? You know, and after they say, my God, how do you find the motivation? Then they always tell me their struggle. And the struggle is something that I hear again and again and again and again. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to have to make a podcast on this struggle today. And it's really the struggle of getting started. It's not the it's not really finding the motivation because a lot of people are motivated or, you know, but it, it's it's not that. It's the, the motivation to just get started. You have an idea in your head of what you want to do, of how you want to be, of how you want to look, but you just can't get started. So today I want to give you the plan for how to get started on what it is that you want to do. But before we start, I have to tell you about something really exciting, which is this Thursday, the 12th of March, and also Sunday, the 15th of March, 2020. So if you're listening to it after that time, these masterclasses are over. But this Thursday, the 12th of March, and um, Sunday, the 15th of March, I am hosting two live free masterclasses online. Now, they're completely live. You're going to have me teaching you 
you know, interacting with you, seeing all your your comments and your questions and everything at the end. We're going to do a live Q&A. But this masterclass is on the five little known secrets to burning stubborn body fat and sculpting muscular curves on a vegan diet. It is basically my exact plan that I have used and the plan that I teach thousands of women and men all over the world to use. And I'm going to give you the entire blueprint completely free. So if you want to sign up for this free masterclass, all you have to do is go to thesculptedvegan.com forward slash masterclass, or just go to our website, thesculptedvegan.com, sign up. It is going to be live. Um, We may have a replay afterwards for maybe 24 to 72 hours. So if you can't get to the masterclass um, live, you could watch the replay. However, we're not, the replay, once it's once it's gone, it's gone. We're not going to, you know, just replay it over and over again. So you have to show up live to get the information. So if you want to go to thesculptedvegan.com, sign up for the masterclass. Uh, we have two running on Thursday, two on Sunday. They are at um, 6 p.m., Eastern time. And uh, let me see what other time I'm trying to think of, because I have to do the time conversion as to what time I'm going to be doing. So it's not it's not 6 p.m. It's 2 p.m., which is 6 p.m. for me here in Ireland. So it's 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 6 p.m. here in Ireland or in the UK is the first one. And the second one is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is actually midnight here in the UK for the first time ever because I have an office and I'm outside the house. I'm deciding to run a masterclass at midnight, which means that it suits every single time zone around the world. Um, doesn't suit me, of course, because I'm here at midnight. But you know what? You guys are important enough to me to run a masterclass at midnight. I want you all to be there. We have about 17,000 people signed up already um, within the first week. So these are going to be really, really popular. So definitely get yourself over there. Get signed up if that's something that you're interested in. Okay, so let's dive into the content here. Um, the reason you are not starting your fitness program or your yoga practice or whatever it is that you want to do is the reason you are not starting. So <laughs> let me let me tell you a story first. You know I love my stories, don't you? Okay, so so listen to this, right? I don't know how many of you know that I am a qualified yoga teacher. I'm a qualified yoga teacher, very experienced yoga teacher. Like what I did before I was the sculpted vegan um, was I used to teach yoga. So I taught private yoga at home and I taught um, yoga workshops here in Belfast. So I always had a very strong yoga practice. I loved practicing yoga. I've been practicing for about 10 years and my yoga practice used to my daily yoga practice was was just like my, it was just my oasis. It was the place that I went whenever my kids were young. It was where I got my strength, my balance, you know, mental and physical. Um, I just absolutely loved yoga. I love being able to do handstands and I love being able to do the splits at parties. And I loved, you know, but I also just loved, you know, what, what yoga gave me, you know, mentally, physically, physiologically, all the rest of it. So I used to love my yoga practice. But then, of course, whenever I got into bodybuilding, my yoga practice started to fall by the wayside. Now, for the first year of me of me training to be um, a, a stage athlete or stand on stage, I was still, I didn't have the Sculpted Vegan at that point. I was just building the program. But I, so I was still practicing yoga, private yoga, two to three hours a day, which meant I was doing the practice with the client because that's what happens whenever you do private yoga. You do the yoga practice with them rather than just walking around the room and teaching. So I was doing, um, you know, two to three hours yoga a day still extremely flexible. But then, of course, once I launched The Sculpted Vegan, which I did in October 2017, I really began to work, you know, on The Sculpted Vegan and I stopped teaching private yoga so I could concentrate on growing the business. So I wasn't doing yoga every day anymore. I was still trying to keep up with my own personal yoga practice, but it wasn't always happening because I was training in the gym very, very hard, kind of five, six days a week. And so because I was training five, six days a week, you know, I, I sometimes was too tired to do yoga. And then, of course, while I was prepping, 
running as well. Like I was doing my cardio. So I wasn't, um, I wasn't doing as much yoga in the first year I was. It was insane. Like I was doing, I was teaching two to three hours yoga a day. Then I would go to the gym and I would train for an hour and then I would do, um, and then I would do an hour's cardio afterwards. So I was actually sometimes doing up to five hours exercise a day, as well as looking after my four kids and cooking and cleaning and doing all the laundry. I had no help at home. This is why, see, whenever people say to me, you know, I, I had someone say to me the other day, just have a wee mini rant before I get into it. Somebody said to me on, on Instagram the other day, leave a comment on one of my posts saying, you know, and people love to say it's all right for you. They love to tell me why it's all right for me. They love to give me the reason why they can't achieve their goals. And they'll say, well, it's all right for you because you probably had like, you know, housekeepers and nannies and help and a really supportive husband. And I'm like, no, 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 listen, sweetheart. And I know you guys have heard me say this before, but it's always true. I'm always like, no, I had no help. I was doing five hours exercise a day. I was teaching yoga three hours a day. I was prepping, you know, in the gym. I was doing an hours cardio. I was doing, you know, an hours training in the gym and I had zero help at home. I did. My husband worked away a lot. I did all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the taking care of my four homeschool kids. It it literally nearly put me in the ground that first year. Um, and also then I was trying to grow the business as well. I was creating this business, you know, on the side. So um, it wasn't all right for me. There was nothing was all right for me. I worked very hard for everything that I have. Um, so anyway, sorry, I digressed a little bit, but here's what happened. So as I started to get successful, as the business started to get successful, as I started to um, to train more I and, and not teach yoga anymore, my personal practice started to fall by the wayside. So my personal practice kind of went from maybe, you know, six, seven days a week to, you know, then it would go down to five days a week, then four days a week, then three days a week. And then, and then it began that I was just, I just kind of, you know, I was getting all the strength that I needed in the gym. I, I didn't, I, my yoga practice for me had always been about strength. It had always been about, you know, press handstands and arm balances. And, you know, I love to build up a good sweat and get really strong in my yoga practice because it really made me feel so good. And that's what yoga had always been for me. I was never into yin yoga. I was never into just gentle stretching. If I went to a class and I didn't, you know, and I, and it wasn't tough, I, if I ever went to a yoga class and it really hadn't really exerted me, I really didn't feel like the class had been worthwhile. I, I came away feeling like, oh, it just wasn't empty enough. Or if they did too much meditation or they talked too much, I was like, fuck's sake, hurry up, just get on with it. You know, like, I don't want to sit here talking about my bloody Udiana Bunda for half an hour. I just want to, I just want to get to it. Like, hurry up and get to the practice. You know, the practice of moving for me was so important. And so, um, so whenever then I started training in the gym and my yoga practice fell by the wayside, I kind of fell out of the way of doing yoga. And I, I always felt guilty about it though. I was always like, oh no, I know I don't want to give up my flexibility and I don't want to, you know, not do yoga. And, and I, I, I always knew how good yoga was for me. And it was so hard for me to accept the fact that I wasn't the kind of person, I wasn't a yogi anymore. I wasn't doing yoga every day. And and I I, I tried to get back to my practice. So what, you know, I, I would I would not do yoga at all, or maybe only one or two days a week whenever I was prepping. And then after I'd finished prepping, I would say, Great, now I have prepping is by the way, dieting and training for your show. And so after my show was over, I'd say, Great, now I'm not doing cardio all the time. I have time to get back to my yoga practice. So I would go to a yoga class and then I would roll out my yoga mat and I would say, Right, that's it. And I would I would say to myself, every morning, that's it. Every morning, I'm gonna do my yoga practice again. So I would get out my yoga mat and I would, um, and I would, you know, I would get to my, my little studio that I had at home and I would light my candles and I would try and get myself in the zone and I would do like, you know, yoga glow online. I would put on like a really hard arm balance class or an inversion class or a twisting class or a backbend class or something when I would be like, right, let, let's do this, Kim, you can do this. And then, you know, ultimately sometimes after half an hour, I was just like, 
oh my God, like, especially after I've been prepping and dieting and my body was depleted, it was like, this is so hard, you know? And I just, I, it just felt hard to me. Every time I get, tried to get back to my yoga practice, it just felt hard. It, it, there was no love in it for me anymore. And I just, I couldn't figure out what was wrong. So anyway, last year, I just decided, you know, I did the whole thing. Yes, that's it. In January, I'm going to commit to my yoga practice again. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to commit to my yoga practice. I've done it for, for you know, two years or whatever. I had been trying and feeling and trying and feeling to get back to yoga. And, you know, I'm the kind of person usually that when I commit to something, I'm like, yes, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to commit to this. And I was getting kind of frustrated with myself that, you know, whenever, because I know I'm the kind of person that when I say I'm going to commit to something, I commit to it. So I couldn't understand why I was letting myself off the hook for not committing. I would say, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to do yoga before I go to the gym. And then I would not do it. And I would be like, oh no. And then I'd hate myself for not doing it. And I would get into this vicious cycle of committing to something, not doing it, committing to something, not doing it, and then hating myself for not doing it. So anyway, this year after I finished my shows, which was in um, I did my last show in June of 2019 last year. I find myself going, right, that's it. I'm going to go back to my yoga. And then I went, you know what, Kim, you're not going to go back to your yoga. Let's not do this. Let's go, not go through the cycle of committing to something and then not following through that feeling like shit, you know, about yourself. Let's just not commit to your yoga practice. So I gave myself permission to not commit to my yoga practice. I stopped shooting all over myself because up until that point, I, it was a should. I am like, I should be doing yoga. Yoga is how you should be stretching. Yoga is how I, you know, built this fantastic body that I have. It's why my muscles were so pliable and so ready and so elastic to take on, you know, the weight training. It's why I've made such good progress. So I was shooting all over myself. I am the kind of person who does do yoga and I should be able to do this. And see, once I removed the pressure and I just decided that maybe I'm just not the kind of person who does yoga anymore. Maybe yoga isn't part of my life anymore. Maybe yoga only took me to where I needed to go. And now bodybuilding is my life. And I just decided, and then, and so I stopped like pretending to myself I was going to go back to it. And people would say to me, oh, do you ever practice yoga anymore? And I got okay with saying, you know what? I haven't stepped on my mat in over a year. And they'd be like, really? I'm like, yeah, and, you know, and I'm okay with that. I got okay. I decided that I was okay with that. And so um, I, I literally did not step on my yoga mat the whole of 2019. I did not step on my yoga. I think maybe twice. I think I just, I went to two classes, actually not, I didn't. I think I went to two classes, one with a friend, one again, you know, by myself, three classes. So I won by myself and one with my mom. I went to three classes and then I, you know, I, I still didn't really have the love for it. So I decided not to do it. And I was, I was okay with that. So then what happened was last weekend in, in, uh, not a couple of weekends ago, I think I, last weekend, sorry, last weekend, I went to Dublin with my son, Corey. Was it last weekend? Not last weekend, the weekend before. So 10 days ago, 10 days ago, I went to Dublin to a gaming tournament with my son, Corey. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I do this. I spend my life sitting in car parks. Oh, my glamorous life. People go, oh, the sculpted vegan. I would love to have your glamorous life. And I, uh-huh, yep. Friday night, I spent five hours sitting in a car park in a in a place called Newry, right? And then, so I just need to sit up a wee bit in the seat here. Um, I spent five hours sitting in a car park in a place called Newry before driving on down to Dublin at 11 o'clock at night and staying in a really shitty hotel <laughs> because we decided to stay in the hotel where the gaming tournament was the next day. And I was like, oh my God, it was horrendous. Um, and then I, you know, I spent my whole day in, in Dublin or whatever. So what happens whenever Corey's at gaming tournaments is he games all day. He plays Super Smash Bros. Um, and he's only 14, but he's like 11th in Ireland at the minute. He's really fantastic. And so he spends all day in this gaming tournament and I spend all day doing 
nothing. Or quite often I have my computer and I sit and I work or whatever, but I generally end up not doing very much. So um, I decided to take bring my training gear with me this time because I hadn't driven down. Normally I ha- I'm off on the weekends, but I've had a different training schedule at the minute because my husband Ryan's been training with me. So I have been training a day on the weekend. So I thought, you know what? I missed glutes and hamstrings on Friday. So I'm going to go I'm gonna on Dublin. I'm going to, you know, on Saturday, I'm going to walk. I'm going to find a gym. I'm going to, you know, train while Corey's at his um, gaming tournament, maybe do some cardio and then I'll come back and do some work at the hotel. So I walked and I found, I, I looked on Google Maps, gyms near me. I found a gym near me. I walked to there. I got a coffee on the way. And whenever I got into the gym, I said, can I just pay, you know, a day a day rate? And he said, yeah, no problem. It's 25 euro. I said, that's fine. And then I, I noticed this sign on the counter, which said Hatha Yoga Twisting Workshop um, starting at 1 p.m., two hour workshop starting at 1 p.m., free for all members. And I was like, hmm, yoga, Hatha twisting. And I was like, do I really want to do twists? Do I want to do this workshop? I was like, hmm, I've got glutes and hams to train. I'm, I was like, oh, oh, oh. and I, I was kind of back and forth in my mind. Do I want to spend two hours doing yoga? Do I want to train? And it was like, because I was going to have to choose one or the other. I was I only had like, this was like 1230. So I knew I only had 30 minutes. So I was like, do I want to? Do I not? Do I want to? Do I not? And I couldn't decide whether I wanted to spend two hours doing a yoga workshop, especially if I didn't know if it was going to be good or not, because sometimes the teachers can be really shit. But I thought, so anyway, I thought I didn't, I, I thought, no, I probably won't I'll go and train. So I went up to the gym and I started training hamstrings. So I lay down, I did my lying hamstring curls, that was fine. And then I went to sit on the seated hamstring curl and it was a horrendous machine. I was like, oh, no way, I'm not doing this. I'll just go straight to glute bridges. So then I looked over to the glute bridge, over to the Smith machine. Smith machine was being used. I realized I didn't have my glute bridge pad with me. And then I thought, oh my God, I forgot to bring my cobra grips to for doing my dumbbell deadlifts then i looked at the dumbbells they only went up to 40 kilos i would do 55 kilos per hand in a dumbbell deadlift and i was like oh shit this isn't going to be a good workout and so then i looked at the clock and the clock said five to one and i saw that the yoga workshop was starting in the studio right beside where i was you know training in the gym and i went you know what fuck it i'm just going to go and do the, the yoga workshop so i went and i got a bottle of water and i went in they had mats there and i just they she had mats laid out and i just sat down i took off my shoes i sat down on one of the mats and you know and the room was filling up it wasn't really busy but there was maybe 12 people there and i started to practice yoga and I went into, you know, my first dog head down. I was like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. You know, and I was like feeling it in my shoulders, my arms, and like I could not put my heels on the floor. Like my outer hamstrings were so tight. But I I did the workshop and it was lovely and I didn't put any pressure on myself. I had no ego. I didn't do any of the binds, you know, which the more advanced moves. I didn't do any of the arm balances. Um, I just was like, no, I'm just gonna ease my body into this. There was no ego whatsoever. I I mean, I can do very advanced yoga postures, but I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to open my body. I'm just going to, I'm just going to not put any pressure on myself to do any extra than I need to. And it was absolutely delicious. It was delicious. My body felt so good at the end of it. And then whenever I went back to the hotel and I was working, I actually felt exhausted. I felt that, that yoga that feeling you get from a from a real twisty detox yoga workshop twists are all detoxing for the internal body and the organs and i felt that lovely delicious warmth that comes over the body and that that tiredness that you get after you practice yoga of course then i regretted it cuz i knew i had a 2 hour drive home later on that night whenever we'd finished but it really made me think you know what 
that was so beautiful. And I didn't put any pressure on myself. It wasn't like I had to do the hardest poses. I had to do the binds. I had to do the, you know, the arm balances. I didn't even do any full chaturangas. I was just, you know, knees on the floor, didn't do any, you know, up dog. It was all cobra, you know, just, you know, very gentle bujangasana cobra. And I just, I just let myself be really and really easy and really gentle with it. So I came home and I, I said to Ryan, oh my God, I did like a two-hour yoga workshop. It was amazing. And I said, you know, I'm going to commit to a, I'm going to commit to a yoga practice every single day. I'm going to do yoga in the morning. I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to do yoga. And he said, are you really? And I said, yeah. And I said, but I'm not going to do a hard yoga practice. I said, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go on Yoga Glow, which is an online yoga website, um, yogaglow.com. It's amazing, which is yogaglo.com. I always used to use Yoga Glow because they have the best teachers in the world. I said, I'm going to just put on, I'm not even going to think for myself because I am a teacher, so I can design my own practices. But I'm like, I'm going to put on Yoga Glow in the morning and I'm going to do like a 15 minute, 30 minute, 45 minute yoga practice. Just whatever I feel like that morning, that's what I'm going to do. But I said every morning at 8 a.m., I'm going to be on my yoga mat. And he laughed and he said, okay, good for you. So the next morning was Monday morning. And I tell a lie, the next morning was Sunday. But I said to him, I'm going to start on Monday. Okay. So I, Monday morning, um, I don't know why I didn't practice on the Sunday. I think I did get back on the Saturday night. Did I practice on the Sunday? I can't remember. I don't think I did. No, we ended up going out for breakfast and we had to go training that morning. So we went for breakfast and then we went training. So Monday morning, eight o'clock, I said, right, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I was lying in bed or whatever. And it came to like five to eight. And I was like, oh, I said, I'd be on my yoga mat by eight o'clock. And I was like, oh, well, I won't do it. And I kind of, I knew in my mind that I would, but because I'd said to myself, 8 a.m., I'm going to be on that yoga mat. I It was coming to, you know, 7.55, 7.56, I said to Ryan, I said, I'd be on my yoga mat by eight o'clock. And he goes, well, you better hurry up because it's three minutes to eight. So I just got up. I, I was wearing like a vest in bed, um, which is just like a tight, in Australia they call it a singlet, I think it's called a tank top in America, a tight kind of tank top um, and a, just a pair of bed shorts, which is what I wear in bed, Calvin Klein bed shorts. I just rolled out my yoga mat, I grabbed my computer, I'd already had my coffee because Ryan gets up in the morning and brings me my coffee at about 7.15, but anywhere time between 7 and 7.30 and we usually lie in bed and we drink our coffee and we do our messages on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So but I'd already done all that, checked in with all my groups, done everything I needed to do in the morning and I rolled out my yoga mat and I got on my yoga mat and I chose a very gentle, very stretchy class on Yoga Glow. And now here's just, sorry, back up a little bit. The night before I just, I went through Yoga Glow and I, and I pulled out all of the 30 minute and 45 minute practices that appealed to me that were specifically for the morning, that were specifically gentle level one. I didn't go for any level two or level three, nothing too hard only stuff that like any beginner could do, really easy stuff, pulled them all out, saved them all into folders in my Yoga Glow account. And in the morning, I just pulled out and I was like, yes, Jason Crandall, you and I are doing yoga this morning. So I did, and I, I did a beautiful practice. I had two blocks set up, no ego. I would never have practiced yoga with a block before. Two blocks, straps. I had my, my mat. I had blankets. I had everything sitting there. And I did the most delicious yoga practice. My body felt so good afterwards. And then the next morning, again, I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. So I did another 30-minute practice 
different one this time the next morning again. So this then became kind of a routine. It was like I, whenever I woke up in the morning, I was looking at the clock, mentally calculating how long it was till 8, 8 a.m. and what I needed to do to get my yoga practice in. You know, Wednesday morning, I felt so good. I was like, I'm going to do a 45-minute class. I'm going to do a slightly stronger class. So I did a slightly stronger one. It was more flowing, Stephanie Schneider. Um, it was beautiful. And then, you know, but I didn't do any of the splits. I didn't do any of the hard stuff. I just was like, and even whenever they were like, you know, okay, you know, you have a choice. You can go into bridge pose or up into Urdhvadhanyarasana. I was like, no, 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 there will be no Urdhvadhanyarasana today, which is upward facing bow pose, which is um, like wheel, crab, some people call it. No, no, no. I was like, I'm going to roll on my Dharma wheel, which is like really good for massaging the lower back. And this is how my yoga practice has gone. And so then the next morning, um, it was after training back. My body was sore. And I was like, no, just something really delicious this morning. Hips, hammies, and lower back. Again, a really gentle practice. And this is how my yoga practice has gone. Every morning, 8 a.m., I am on my yoga mat and I am loving it. So what's the point that I am making here? The point is that the reason why people, the reason why I failed at my yoga practice before, the reason why I failed at like setting, or doing my yoga practice and doing what I said I was going to do was because I set the bar to high. I set the bar too high. Whenever I decided that I was going to do my yoga practices before I was going to recommit to my yoga, I was recommitting to the yoga that I used to do. I thought that that's what I needed to do in order to, to, to stay flexible, to stay limber, to stay whatever. I hadn't taken, I hadn't calibrated to the fact that my goal had changed. My yoga goal had changed. It wasn't about, you know, strength and power and arm balances and press handstands and all that kind of stuff anymore. It was simply to stretch and feel good. I'd never done yoga before simply with the goal of feeling good. And this is what happens whenever you if you're listening to this, maybe you, maybe someone you know, maybe those other people. This is what happens when many people commit to starting something and then they don't do it. The main reason they don't do it is that they set the bar too high. They set it too high. They don't say, I'm going to do a 15-minute yoga practice in the morning. They they say, I'm going to get up in the morning at 5 a.m. and I'm going to go for a run. And then I'm going to, you know, and then, I, and then I'm going to go to the gym for an hour. And then I'm going to cook myself a delicious meal. And then I'm going to drink a green smoothie. You know, it's like they don't just make one change or one, you know, one small change and commit to like a five-minute stretching practice in the morning. They like set themselves the goal that they're going to like, you know, juice. They're going to, you know, and they buy all this stuff from making green juices. And they're going to like, you know, it's literally like they're going to, you know, they're going to go from being a couch potato to an Olympic athlete overnight. Okay. And so of course, then whenever you wake up in the morning and you think that you have to trail yourself out of bed, if you're not a runner, right, you haven't built the discipline of running, you're not going to get up at 5am in the dark, whenever it's raining, if it's the middle of winter and run for an hour. And if you do, the whole experience will be so unpleasant that you will not want to do it again. Okay. And so you the next morning your alarm will go off and you'll be like, no, I don't want to repeat that. It was horrendous. Whereas if you set yourself a goal of a five-minute walk in the morning, it's not going to be so bad. You're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to go, yeah, okay, well, that wasn't too bad. Five, that five-minute walk was okay. Or, you know, wasn't I didn't enjoy getting out of bed, but like it wasn't so bad that I'm dreading it. Or, you know, if you set yourself like a, a goal of doing a 15-minute 
yoga stretching session in the morning, you know, a 15 minute class online, it's, you know, you're, you're not like being asked to leap out of bed and go straight into yoga power poses. It, it makes it so much easier and you're much more likely to do it. When you set the bar too high, you set yourself up for failure. And actually I was in the bank this morning having a meeting, um, setting up a new account. And of course, you know, they were the the two guys I was meeting. There was a guy who's the account manager, account director. And then of course, the girl he was setting up the account. And, and they were both asking, they wanted to know about the business and how I started and when I used to compete and how many kids I have. You know, everyone was always interested in the story. And so then, you know, after um, once, you know, that we were in the process of setting up the account, lovely, lovely girl who was setting it up with me. And she said, you know, she said, oh, you know, she goes, I, I would love to be fitter. I would love to be more like you. I'd love to be, you know, have the motivation to get up in the morning. She goes, well, you know, what, what's your day like? What, what, what's your normal day like? And I said to her, well, I said, I wake up anywhere between, you know, 7 and 7.30. My husband brings me coffee. I check in with my groups. I check Instagram. I check sales overnight. And I said, then I get up and I get on my yoga mat by 8 a.m. I said, well, then my chef arrives and makes me breakfast. She was like, are you kidding? I was like, no, no, no. My chef arrives at 8 a.m. and he, he prepares breakfast. While he's preparing breakfast, I said, I, I roll out my yoga mat and I get on my yoga mat. I said, I practice 30 minutes of yoga. I shower, eat breakfast. I go to the gym. I train. I come home. I, and then I come to my office and where my, my assistant Courtney goes and picks up my lunch. And uh, I said, and then, you know, and then I work for the rest of the day in the office. And then I go home where my chef has prepared dinner for me and my family because, you know, I really don't have time to cook. Um, and so, and, and she was like, are you joking me? And I said, no, no, not at all. And uh, she said, so you do yoga in the morning and then you go to the gym? I said, yeah, absolutely. And um, and she said, oh, I'd love to do that. She said, I, I have set my, she said, I, I've told myself, you know, I, I've been meaning to get up in the morning and I keep saying to myself that I'm I'm going to go up and I, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go for a run. She goes, you know, you know, those fairways, you know, uh, there's like a, a walkway near us. It's like a greenway, it's called, and people cycle and they walk and it's really, really beautiful. And she said, you know, the green way. And I said, yes. And she said, you know, I, I just keep saying I'm going to get up at five and I'm going to go for like an hour long walk on the green way. And then I'm going to come home and I'm going to do some yoga. And then I'm going to, you know, make myself a, a smoothie, a green smoothie. And then I'm going to go to work. And I was like, you're going to get up and go for, I said, hang on, just let's break this down a second. I said, you don't do any exercise currently, correct? She said, no, no, I keep meaning to start. I said, okay, so you do zero exercise, but yet you want to get up at 5 a.m., go for an hour run when you don't even run, come home and do yoga when you don't even do yoga, make yourself a green smoothie when you don't drink green smoothies, and then get yourself ready to go to work. And she was like, uh-huh. And I was like, okay, here's my advice. <laughs> I said, just scale back a little bit. I said, don't set the bar so high. Scale back a little bit. I said, do, you know, why don't you commit to, I said, here's just like a radical idea. Why don't you commit to like a 10 minute walk? And she went, a 10 minute walk? And she said, but there's no point even like, you know, I wouldn't like drive to the, to the greenway. I said, why don't you rent a treadmill? I said, commit to a 30 day practice of, I said, rent a treadmill. It only costs 10 pounds a week. Rent a treadmill, put it in your house. For 30 days, commit to a practice of getting up in the morning and walking on your treadmill for 10 minutes. I said, if 10 minutes seems too much, I said, go for five. And she said, but five minutes isn't going to get me fit. And I said, no, it's not. But five minutes is going to get you into the habit 
of getting up and doing it. I said, and quite often you will find that when you are on that treadmill for five minutes, you will keep going. You'll get to 10 minutes and you'll say, well, actually, this is quite easy. And Or you'll be listening to a podcast or watching a show when you'll be like, well, you know what? I want to I want to keep going and see what happens. I said, you could be on that treadmill for 30 minutes and you won't even realize you've been on it for 30 minutes. And then you're going to feel so accomplished because you did it. So the problem at the minute is you're setting the bar too high. You're, you're expecting to go from a couch potato to an Olympic athlete overnight and you're setting yourself up for failure before you even begin. When that alarm goes off at 5 a.m., of, of course you're not leaping out of bed to go get, get going because you haven't built the, the muscle, not only the physical muscle in your body, you haven't built the emotional muscle to work up to that. You know, I remember whenever I was younger and I, I only had one child, I just had Corey and he was my baby. And he was the only baby that I had. I mean, anyone here who's listening to this who's had children will know what a shock it is whenever you have your first child. You know, you're like, you know, I know I'm going to be this kind of parent and I'm going to like breastfeed and co-sleep and I'm going to like go to all these, I'm going to travel with my baby. I'm going to be so chilled out. And then this child comes and you're like, what the fuck do I do with this, this infant? Like, you know, it takes you a while to get used to having a child, okay? And I remember like chatting to a friend of mine who had four children and uh, she was just a little bit older than me. And Corey was only, I don't know what he was at the time. He was maybe like, I can't remember, eight weeks, 10 weeks or something, maybe a bit older, three months. And of course, I felt like my life was like crazy busy and I was struggling. Like I found it really hard to, you know, find the time to have a shower and to, you know, get stuff done and to cook dinner and all these things because I had this baby to look after. And I remember like looking at my friend who had four babies and four children under the age of six. I remember thinking, I remember looking at her and saying, I don't know how you do it how on earth? I said, I actually would have a nervous breakdown. And she said, that's only because you're imagining having four children whenever you're only used to one. She said, if I had quadruplets, if I had been, if I'd given birth to four children at once, then I think I might've found it extremely hard. But I even used to look at mothers of twins and think, how the hell do you do it? I find one hard enough, never mind twins. And, um, but the thing about it is whenever you have more and more children, like then I ended up having children four under the age of six. And you build up your complexity. Once you have one, you get used to having one. You get used to take, taking care of them and feeding them. And you get into the routine. of get, And then getting up in the middle of the night doesn't seem so hard. And let me tell you something. See, by the time your fourth baby comes along and your your eldest is only six, you you haven't had a full night's sleep in six years. And like I, I literally breastfed solidly for 10 years, okay? 10 years. Like I fed, like I fed all my kids until they were toddlers or and beyond. And so I was literally pre pregnant or breastfeeding for 10 full years. And so in the beginning, you know, sore cracked nipples and, you know, it's it's exhausting and you're wondering, are they ever going to stop feeding? And see, by the time your fourth one comes along, you literally, you'll whip a tit out everywhere and <laughs> anywhere. Just, you know, just like go for it. Like, you know, I, I, I never bottle fed because truly I just find, I find I, I had so many children to carry around and take care of. Like even the thought of sterilizing bottles and making up formula and doing all it was it sounded far more stressful to me than literally just like whipping a boob out and just going for it so um so i that's why i breastfed because it was so easy for me but i know it's not for many women um and i don't i always say happy baby happy mommy whatever works for your baby it works makes makes the baby happy it makes the mommy happy so or actually the other way around happy mommy happy baby not but but works both ways but happy mommy happy baby you know if whatever whatever makes you happy is is what will make your child thrive for some people that's breastfeeding for some people it's bottle feeding. For some people, it's combination, whatever works for you. But um, 
Anyway, what was I saying? So the, the reason, yeah, so if I had gone from having, by the time I, my fourth child came along, was it a struggle? Yes, it really was. Like I, it was really hard when Jack was born and the other ones were so close together because Ryan worked away so much. In the first two weeks after Jack was born, my husband Ryan was, he was away almost every single night for two weeks just after Jack was born. Now Jack was born at home. I had home births with all my kids. So um, all, all except Corey, he was born in the hospital and the whole, the whole experience was so horrendous for me. I vowed I would never do it again. So I had the, the other three at home. So literally just after Jack was born, Ryan went away the next day and I didn't, and he was away on and off for two weeks. And I literally had to take care of those four kids by myself for four weeks, for, sorry, for two weeks. And it was really, really, really hard, but I just got through it. But like if someone had a thrown through four children at me and I had never looked after a, a baby before, like I'm sure it would have been, I would have had a, a nervous breakdown. So although it was hard when I had four children under the age of six, I was able to cope with it. That's because I started with one child and then I built up to two and then I went to three and then I went to four. So I increased my complexity as I went, which made me more able to cope and more able to get into a routine. By the time Jack was born, I was used to not sleeping through the night. I didn't even think anything of waking up in the night and feeding him. It's just what my body was used to. This is what I was saying to the girl in the bank. I said, you cannot start with a 60-minute run followed by a 30-minute yoga practice, followed by, you know, a breakfast practice that is going to leave you hungry by mid-morning. It sounds wonderful in your mind. And whenever I've described my morning, you're like, I would love my morning to be like that. But that's because I've built up the complexity over the years to um to be able to to do that. I, you know, it's taken me a long time for for that to be so. You guys have heard me say many, many times that my training isn't, you know, isn't who, isn't what I do. It's who I am. I go to the gym five times a week. I train chest and triceps on a Monday, legs on a Tuesday, back on a Wednesday, shoulders and biceps on a Thursday, uh, glutes and hams on a Friday. That is my training. It's who I am. I don't think about it. I never want to let myself off the hook. I never go lighter on weights. I never, it's just, it's just what happens in my life. But whenever I first started training in the gym and I, I was going four times a week, I thought I was the bee's knees. I was like, oh my God, look at me. I'm so, I'm so committed. I'm such an athlete. I'm going four times a week because like, you know, before I hadn't been going any times a week, but also in the past, whenever I'd gone to the gym, I'd only ever really gone once or twice a week, you know, that's, you know, and I hadn't certainly been working a, a specific gym program. So, you know, but it, but then it just becomes second nature. So you can't start, you, you know, you, so not, not even you can't, sorry, you need to start small, but the other thing that you need to do, and this is what I told the girl in the bank, and this is the point that I'm making with this very long winded story is you need to choose one thing, one thing, just like you start with one child, unless you have twins or triplets. And if you do, my heart goes out to you and my hat goes off to you because you are fucking amazing. But if you don't and you're like me and you just started with one, think of your training or think of your yoga practice or think of whatever it is you want to do as just starting with one. Like you started with one child and then you maybe went to two or maybe you decided that life was better with one and you never increased to two. I, you know, again, take my hat off to you. It's actually harder entertaining one child, I think sometimes. Um, but, you know, you just need to start with one thing. Instead of saying, I'm going to start with a run and a yoga practice and a smoothie practice, start with one thing. And maybe that's just the smoothie. I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier in the morning and I'm going to make myself a green smoothie. Develop that as a practice first. The rest will come. 
Don't make it so hard on yourself that you will fail. It's better to start small and build up gradually than it is to start really big and to fail. I'm going through this at the minute with my son, Jack. He wanted to start karate lessons and of course, you know, he was asking and asking and asking. And I, this always happens with all the kids. They're really excited when they first start something and they, and they're, you know, the excitement, the motivation, you know, gets them going. They're excited. And then once the excitement wears off, they start not wanting to go. But I, so I told Jack this time, if he was going to go to karate, he was going to commit. And of course, then tonight, it's Tuesday, it came to karate. He was like, I don't want to go to karate tonight. And I was, I was preempting it. And I was like, I know you don't. And I'm really sorry, but you have committed and you're going to go. Jack is not going to want to go to karate now. He goes twice a week. He's not going to want to go to karate now for, I would, I don't know. He I mean, some nights he'll feel like it, other nights he won't. I need to get him over the hurdle. Now the motivation has left him. I now need to get him over the hurdle of, of you know, overcoming his body feeling, getting him into consistency. Consistency is key and pretty soon it'll just become what he does. They do tennis on a Monday and whenever Jack started tennis on a Monday, private tennis lessons, he did, though he went through a period of not wanting to go. But we just, you know, I'm sorry, it's tennis today. I'm sorry, it's tennis today. And he just consistently went to tennis. And now in the morning they go, is it tennis today? And we go, yep, it's tennis today. Whether they want to go or not, they don't question it. They just know that Monday is tennis. Monday is tennis lessons. It has been for the last 12 years. 12 years my kids have been having private tennis lessons and that's just what they do but they started small and they built up and it's just become what they do so choose one thing one thing and don't start with three just start with one the next thing that you have to do is in order to to start something and just get it going is you have to be really specific okay it doesn't matter what you're specific about. It doesn't matter whether you're specific about the time you're going to start, the time you're going to do it for, the activity that you're going to do. If you can be specific in, in many areas, that's that's even better. If you can say, I'm going to do this particular thing for 10 minutes at this time, that's really good because then you won't let yourself off the hook. But if you can't be specific on many things, if you're like, no, 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 I can't commit to 8 a.m. every morning, I'm just going to commit to 10 minutes of yoga, then that's what you need to do. I did this recently. Like I said, I was, you know, with my yoga practice, I said, I'm going to get on my mat at 8 a.m. every morning. And we have a girl, um, Sarah Lynch, her name is, she's absolutely amazing. She is a Thai yoga masseuse. She's also a yoga teacher. She has, um, she she practices many types of yoga, but she studies um, Iyengar yoga, which is um, a very, very precise type of yoga. Um, and so not, or is it Anyasara? No, it's Iyengar. And uh, she came to do Thai yoga massages on Saturday. And I said to her, I started back to my yoga practice because she said to me, your legs are so different. She was working on my legs. She said, holy God, she said, your legs are unbelievable. What have you been doing? They weren't as tight. So whenever she's working into my quads, my IT bands, normally I'm like, ah, ooh, ah, oh. And I said, I started back to my yoga practice. And she said, did you? And I said, yeah. I said, it's, um, it's, it's been absolutely amazing. And I said to her, you know, I said, I went to, I told her the story I told you at the start. I went to yoga class last Tuesday, last Saturday when I was in Dublin. It was, you know, a two-hour yoga class. And I, I said, and then I just, I loved it so much. I just committed. And I said, I'm going to get on my yoga mat every single morning at 8 a.m. And I'm going to, you know, commit every day. And she laughed and she said, of course you did, Kim. And Ryan was in the room at the time as well, because he has a Thai yoga massage and he loves coming and chatting to me while I'm getting mine done. And I said, uh, and she said, of course you did. And I laughed and I said, what do you mean? Of course I did. She goes, of course you did. She said, Kim, and she said, you are the most 
consistent person I know. And she said to Ryan, isn't she? She said, do you know anyone else like this woman? I love Sarah. And Ryan laughed and he said, no. And he said, when Kim Constable says she's going to do something, she does it. And I laughed and I said, really? Am I like that? She said, Kim, she said, honestly, she said, you are, I've never met anyone like you. Anyone else would say, oh yeah, I'm going to start a yoga practice. And then they just, and I'd say to them the next week, how did you get on? Oh yeah, did it for a day or fell off for a day. It's like people who say they're going to start a diet. And then you ask them a week later, how's your diet going? They're like, oh, well, you know, or people are going to give up smoking. And, and I say, you say to them, oh, here, I thought you gave up smoking. Oh, yeah, well, I did for a week, you know. And, and the thing about it is like, I've talked about this in many podcasts before. If you guys listen to it, you'll hear me talking about it regularly. If you can't trust your own inner word, you have nothing, nothing. If you can't trust yourself when you say you're going to do something, if you can't trust that you're actually going to show up and do it, you have nothing. You, if it, you know, you need to be the kind of person who shows up for yourself. And, and I have built that over the years using the steps that I have talked about here. Of course, there's many, many, many other things that have helped me to build up this, this practice of believing my inner word. But really, the first step is just starting and starting small with one thing to build up the discipline and the consistency required to um to make it easy for you to start and and I I realized that I said to Sarah yeah you know what Sarah I said I I I I am the kind of person who will show up and I have built that muscle for myself I said but I also know how to make it easy for myself now I I keep my yoga mat at the end of my bed right in the morning I roll out my yoga mat at the end of my bed. And in fact, if you go onto my husband's Instagram, his Instagram is ryan.constable. If you go onto his Instagram account, you will um, see he posted a picture recently of him lying in bed and he has his little feet crossed or his big feet, should I say, at the end of the bed. And all you can see is my bum in the air doing dog head down. And he was like, you know, this is, you know, I, um, I'm i in charge of form correction for the Sculpted Vegan. It was actually a really funny post. But, you know, I, I put my yoga mat at the end of the bed. I have everything set out. I have my, you know, my blocks and my, my strap and everything I'm going to need. It's all there at the end of the bed. Like I don't even leave the bedroom. I don't put on yoga clothes. I don't put on yoga pants. In whatever I'm wearing, that's when I do my yoga. And the other morning I did my yoga in a thong. I wasn't even wearing a top because I'd only slept in a thong. I hadn't even slept, a, you know, I hadn't got a t-shirt on. I didn't even put one on. I just let my tits hang out. I was completely naked. And I just did my yoga practice at the end of the bed. No bells, no whistles. I just got out of bed and did my yoga. Thank God my husband didn't take photos of me that day for Instagram. But um, I just, I didn't, you know, I made it easy for myself and I make my practice easy. I, like this morning, my practice, I was like, I just feel like something something really stretchy and really delicious. And now my yoga practice in the morning has, has turned into something that that feels good. It feels good. And I feel if I feel like doing a wee bit extra, then I will. And I think that this is, you know, people might say, well, Kim, I don't want to go to the gym in the morning. It doesn't feel good for me to go to the gym. Like when I get there, I'm like, oh. And I always say, well, then why don't you commit? And you say to yourself, you know, just commit to actually going to the gym. And why don't you allow yourself to do that a couple of days? Don't actually even go in. Just put on your gym clothes and drive to the gym. Now, when you're there, you can say to yourself, if allow yourself like this, let yourself off the hook, say to yourself, if I get up in the morning and I drive to the gym and I still don't feel like going in, I will drive back home again, have a shower and go to work. I'm not joking, guys. Give yourself the option 
of letting yourself off the hook. Whenever I feel tired or I don't feel like going to the gym or I feel like on Tuesday, for some reason, I, I'd lost my mojo and I really was feeling nervous about legs, like really, really, really nervous. And because um, we're, we're really shifting some serious weight and it really makes me nervous when I go to the gym. And I, I said to myself when I got there, I was like, okay, I'm not, I said to Ryan, I'm, I don't think I'm going to lift heavy today. I said, I'm, I'm going to ask Mark, can I back off a weight or two? I really don't. I've lost my mojo and I really don't feel like it. And I said to Mark, you know, Mark, I said, I'm not feeling it today. I think I'm going to back off and wait. And he said, that's no problem. Whatever, if you feel like you need to step back today, no problem at all. So we we get onto the V-squat. He put three plates on. I did 10 reps. I normally only do six with three, with three plates. I did 10 because I thought, I'm not going to do another set. We're going to finish here at 10. So we put four plates on for Ryan. Ryan squatted. Then he goes to me, well, he said, do you want to do a set with four plates? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? So I got underneath and I did eight reps, eight reps with four plates. I normally only do four reps. I did eight. So then I said, I'm not going to go as heavy on the V squat. He said, yeah, yeah, no problem at all. So he backed off. So he he put two plates on for, um, for my, uh, second set. And then he said to me, we'll just keep the two plates on and you just do your third set with two plates. And I went, oh, sure. Fuck it. Throw another two plates on. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, go for it. I did 10 reps. 10 reps at 180 kilos. And last week I only did six reps. And so I was, I know I didn't do 10, I did eight reps, sorry, eight reps at 180 kilos. Last weekend I did six. So I actually did the same weights with more reps. But you know what? I allowed myself the possibility to not go as heavy. I, re I removed the mental pressure. And when I removed the mental pressure, then suddenly I find the capacity to just do it. It felt like, you know, once I had, once I had stopped shooting all over myself, then I, it gave me the, the space and the freedom to just play, to just play, to just say, yeah, sure, fuck it. Let's just see how it goes rather than going, you know, oh my God, oh my God, I've been getting six reps and so now I need to get six. Now I've been going so deep. I think what the problem with the squats on Tuesday was I'd been going so deep and getting such good reps and really, you know, working hard. I'd put all this pressure on myself to go deeper, to go harder, to go whatever. And so I was nervous that I wouldn't live up to my own internal standard that I'd created for myself in my head. So whenever I just released all that pressure and I took all of the expectation out of it and all of the pressure off myself, suddenly I was able to expand. I was able to expand and grow and, and move into the beautiful space where all of the rules and the pressure and the expectation had gone and just play. And I think that when we remove the expectation, when we take away the, the rules and the shoulds and, and all of the heavy stuff, it just leaves us light. It leaves us light to play. There is nobody saying that you should do anything. And even if they do say that, fuck them. Who cares? Like you are the ruler of your own life. If you want to get up in the morning and do a 15-minute level one yoga practice, even though you are an advanced yogi who can press handstand and put both legs behind your head, then, then who cares? That's your, that's your prerogative. You don't have to please anybody. You don't have to live up to any artificial expectation ever. Ever, guys. Remove the rules. Remove the shoulds. Do what feels good in your body. And once you remove those, you will find often, and sometimes you may not, but you will find you have the capacity 
the capacity to expand and grow and and flourish and move even more weight or stretch even deeper or 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 just move into that space that you have left yourself because you've removed all the rules. That's the only way I can describe it. It's a beautiful, beautiful way to be. But the first thing you have to do is scale it back. Go slow. Be prepared to go the long haul. Be prepared to, you know, to be a beginner. Be prepared to to work up to what you want. It's like Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. I love Gary Vaynerchuk. And he always talks about business. He says, the problem is people say, you know, young kids say, oh, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. He's like, why put that pressure on yourself? Why put that pressure on yourself? Why not say, you know, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 60. He said, like, stop putting so much pressure on yourself to be a millionaire by the time you're 30 to, you know, make your business work. Like, uh, it's funny, a friend of mine said to me the other day, she was like, right, Kim, this is the year I'm going to make it big. She was asking advice. Can you help me with this? Can you give me advice on this? You know, and she said, she goes, by the end of this year, I'm going to have a housekeeper and a chef because like she has four kids as well. She has five kids actually. And she sees, you know, how much easier my life has become. And she's like, I want what you have. And I was like, great. I said, but let me tell you something, it's not going to happen in a year didn't happen for any year for me. It's taken me eight years of starting and failing at online businesses to finally be as successful as I am today. I started eight years ago today. So um, I said to her, you're not going to have it in a year. I said, you might have it in eight years, but you're not going to have it in a year. And she was like, really? I was like, no, I'm not an overnight success. I'm an eight year overnight success. You know, you need to, you need to realign your expectations with, with what is possible in reality. There are no overnight successes, guys. None. Okay. There's just not. Everybody who who you see is extremely successful has worked at it for years and years and years. It's the same with your fitness goals. It's the same with your body goals. It's the same with your yoga goals. It's the same with anything. Start small. Choose one thing. Scale it back. Be specific and don't let yourself off the hook. Don't let yourself off the hook. Be consistent for 30 days at least and just give yourself that that space, that time, that, you know, that that release of pressure to be able to to say, you know, to drive to the gym and say, well, I got here. That's the first step. Now I'm going to drive home. You know, there's no shame in driving to the gym and sitting in the car park and driving home. There's not. And I know I'm a badass, no BS trainer. He'll be like, just get in there and just lift heavier and just whatever. And sometimes that is appropriate. Sometimes that is what you need. Sometimes you you just need to kick up the ass, right? Sometimes you just need my no BS approach. But this episode isn't for you, okay? This episode is for those of you who shoot all over yourselves, who have rules, who have, you know, who and whose rules stop them from actually doing the thing that they know they need to do. This is for you who literally just needs to commit to five minutes tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. of doing something easy that feels good and nourishes your body. That's what you need to do. That's how you need to start. You need to start consistent. You need to start small. You need to build it up and you just need to remove all the rules. And I promise you, if you do that in a year's time, you will find yourself in a completely different place than you are now. But start with one thing for a short space of time that is easy for you to do and and just make it as, as simple as you possibly can and then be specific about when you're going to do it, show up every day and just let the magic happen. So guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Don't forget um, two things before we go. 
go to thesculptedvegan.com, choose your time if you haven't already, show up for our um, free masterclass, Five Little Known Secrets to Burning Stubborn Body Fat and Sculpting Muscular Curves on a Vegan-Based Diet, your exact blueprint. We already have nearly 10,000 registrants for the first webinar. We only have one thousand seats available so there's ten thousand people have registered only one thousand can get in and the other ones who can't get in and showing up live will be just be pushed into the night we'll have to sign up for the next webinar also one thing i forgot to mention is on the master classes we are giving away five hundred dollars in cash on every single master class why because i can what <laughs> people are like why are you giving away money i'm like because i can because i can because why not you know if you're gonna show up for yourself and that could be one of the first steps that we're talking about. You could be like him. I can't even get to the gym, but you know what I can do? I can tune into your masterclass and I can show up. Well, I'm giving away $250 cash at the start just to one person who has shown up and $250 at the end of every single masterclass. So if you show up for every masterclass, you have you have like many, many chances of winning. So um, I'm giving away those. And then also don't forget as well that um, we do our podcast review or sorry, get, leave a podcast review and you could win a Sculpted Vegan program. We have just announced the winner this month on Instagram. Um, Courtney, and I say this every week, <laughs> Courtney did send me, I think the name of the winner or she put it actually um, on Instagram. Of course, I forgot to write it down, but it was on my Instagram stories. We chose a winner for February. We're going to choose a winner for March at the end of March. You can leave a podcast review on every single podcast four times a month. You will have four chances of winning. Courtney whittles down the ones that are the best reviews, the ones that are the funniest, the wittiest, that really share something they learned or the reason why they love the podcast. Um, we always choose, you know, from the best reviews and then we put it out to the team and then the team takes a vote and that person wins a Sculpted Vegan program. So make sure that you write your review and then send it to me as a DM on Instagram, okay? So that just so I know it's there. It just increases your chance of getting seen. If you really want to win a Sculpted Vegan program, do everything within your power to win one. Leave no stone unturned. Um, so my my Instagram handle is at the Sculpted Vegan. So make sure that you take a screenshot of your review and send it to me there. Um, and you can, you know, you can leave four reviews a month on every single one review on every single podcast, and that will increase your chances of winning by four times. Um, and guys, just lastly, want to say thanks again for tuning in. You have no idea how much I love doing this podcast. It's absolutely um, one of the joys of my week. Love recording it. Love chatting to you guys. Love the fact that you allow me into your lives and into your headphones and into your heads um, and just to impart, you know, all of the, the information and all of the wisdom that I have gathered over the years. And actually, you know what? It's just me rambling at the end of the day. I'm really privileged and honored that you just let me ramble in your ear every week because uh, I do enjoy doing it so much. So, I just want to say have an awesome wonderful week no matter where you are or what you're doing i love you loads and i will speak to you next week on another episode of the strong unsculpted podcast bye for now